0: Praise the Lord. You guys can be seated. Welcome HIA. We're glad that you guys are here this morning. For those of you that don't know, HIA is Hope is Alive, an addiction and recovery program, Christian-based, gospel-centered in every way. And so they have uh, uh, affected my life in many ways as we've had many friends and family uh, join in the program uh, through the years. Church members have been through this program here and we'd love to, for them to come and hear from them, hear testimonies. We're going to hear testimonies today and also we get a chance to hear from uh, their director Lance Lang this morning which will be a great opportunity for that as well. But uh, we are glad that you're here at Northwest. We're glad that you're a part of what God is doing here uh we, we have two things we say here. We love Christ and we live his mission and that's what we're about here at Northwest, loving Jesus and living his mission, and uh we try to do that with our lives to the fullest. So we have been doing a series called Gifted to Give, and part of that series is understanding that the Lord has gifted us to give to other people, and so we get to hear from you guys this morning about how the Lord has gifted you in opportunities that you've had, and now you get to give those in testimony to us this morning. But I'm going to pray for us in our offering time this morning, and then um, I'm going to dismiss our children, and then we'll have a video And then Ari's going to come. So let me pray for us this morning as we get started. Father, we thank you for your word this morning that's going to be preached. We thank you for opening our ears and our eyes to the truth of your word. Father, we pray through the testimony of people whose lives have been transformed to the power of the gospel through your spirit, awakening their souls. Father, we pray that many people in this room this morning will be awakened. They will be encouraged and uplifted in their hearts and their minds to hear from you, not from man, but from you, Lord, and your spirit, Father God, we thank you for what you're doing in your church. We thank you in the ways that uh, you give to us so that we can give to others. And uh, Lord, we thank you for our investment in Hope is Alive and ministries like Hope is Alive that can continue to um, see dry bones come to life through the power of your word. And uh, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for this morning and what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. It's now time for Children's Church. So if you're pre-K through second grade, you can make your way down here with Miss Abby this morning as they will be going to Children's Church. We're gonna play a video for you as Ari Patchen comes up this morning. So shoot that video for us.
1: Hope is Alive exists to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those that love them. Hope is Alive has 20-plus mentoring homes, which spans across the United States. These sober living homes provide a safe, surrounded, and structured environment for over 200 residents journeying through sobriety. While living in our houses, residents complete an 18-month program that focuses on healing the core wounds that lead to drug and alcohol addiction. Because of this unique work, we celebrate an unprecedented success rate of over 85%. Hope is Alive believes in being a pillar in the community through outreach and community events. These events take the mask off addiction and celebrate those in recovery. In addition, Hope is Alive supports loved ones affected by addiction through our over 30 Finding Hope support groups. These groups educate, inspire, and provide a community for each loved one to belong to. Welcome home. Visit us at hopeisalive.net.
2: Good morning, Northwest Baptist Church. Hope is Alive is here, and we are so grateful to be joining you this morning. I, My name is Ari Patchen, and I have the incredible privilege of being a graduate of the Hope is Alive mentoring program, as well as a staff member. Before we get started, I do want to point your attention to the screen. There should be a picture coming up. There it is. Yes. So um, last weekend we as an organization got to come together and what you'll see in this picture is generations upon generations of individuals who are breaking the chains of addiction. And if you if you look closely, you're probably sitting in one of the chairs where this picture, where these residents were. And so we just want to take a second and shout out you as a church and honor your pastors. Uh, if you could just stand with me and honor Pastor Rob, Pastor David, and all the leadership here, thank you so much for continually supporting Hope is Alive. So as you heard, Hope is Alive exists to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those that love them. And we do that in two ways. The first way is through our mentoring homes. These are homes where commonly afflicted people come to heal core wounds, to develop life skills, all within the confines of a biblical community. And it's through these homes and through this program that we have an 85% success rate for individuals who graduate to live in long-term sobriety. In the last two years, we have celebrated over 80 sobriety birthdays. That's, that's individuals who've stayed sober for a year or longer. We've seen 77 parents fully reunited with their children. We've seen over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in debt repaid by our residents. Residents that graduated from OU, OSU, OKC. We have residents in Swasu and Weatherford. Residents have purchased cars. We have dozens upon dozens of individuals who've gotten their license restored. It's quite a process to walk through that with them. Um, as well as we've seen over two hundred and fifty men and women give their life to the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. And with that, we've seen over a 100 baptisms. Um, The second way of getting involved with Hope is Alive is through our Finding Hope support groups. It's in these groups where moms and dads, spouses, children, you know, walking through an addiction with a loved one get to come and find support. They get to deal with the hurts and the pain. They get to find healing. And they get to find hope. And so we have groups like that all across uh, the city. Um, there we go. Ways to get involved. Yes. So there are some tangible ways to get involved with Hope is Alive. We'd love for you to come provide a meal. Um, every Sunday night we gather with a speaker. Come engage in our program firsthand. Come to our Bible studies. Provide a ride. Volunteer at one of our serve days. We have events throughout the year. We'd love for you to get involved. Um Thank you so much for for having us here today. I'm so incredibly honored and encouraged to uh, bring up our founder as well as hear testimonies from Taylor LaForge and Sarah Campbell. So thank you so much.
3: All right. Well, good morning, church. How we doing? In fourth grade, I came here and did Bible drill. Isn't that cool, what God does? I was walking in, I was like, this place looks familiar. And I just wrapped my brain, and I remember back to that day where I was presenting my sword. Come on now, somebody go with me there, right? I found the parable of the sower, you know, or the uh, Sermon on the Mount. And I remember, I think I did some roller skating somewhere in here as well. And I say all that to say, God doesn't waste anything. And he brings you back. Isn't that a beautiful thing, what God has done? And we're so grateful to be here today. Northwest Baptist Church has been a huge partner for ours for many, many years. We've held so many different uh, services and events here, and lives have been changed. So as Ari said, Thank you, my name is Lance Lang and I'm the founder and I love to bring a big old crowd with me, a big cheering section of Hope is Alive residents. But I'm missing two of my gang today and they're at home watching from uh, probably the couch, but my beautiful wife and our 14 month miracle baby boy, Lance Adam II, I love you guys, I miss you guys. I think they're right there, beautiful picture of them. And so I want to give honor where honor's due. Uh, My wife is our co-founder and the leader of our program, and she's done an amazing job uh, building up Hope is Alive to where we are today. Again, with sincerest gratitude, thank you for allowing us to be here. I want to speak from the topic today of your secret weapon. So if you're taking notes, you can write that down. And we at Hope is Alive believe that note-takers are history makers. So write that down, engage with us today, but I'm going to speak to you from the topic, Your Secret Weapon. Father, may you do what only you can do in this place this morning. God, we have come and sought you. We have asked that you would bless this service. Holy Spirit, fall fresh on this place. Speak through me and these speakers today and change us. From the inside out. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, I came this morning to tell you that I really believe 100% in my heart that each and every one of you has a secret weapon. I believe that. You have a secret weapon. And it's called your story. It's inspiring. It's captivating. It pulls at the heart. It's connecting. You have a story. And today you're going to hear from two residents, including myself as well, our stories. A bunch of drug addicts came to your church this morning to share our hearts, to share our stories, to share our lives. And we've got two goals. First off, we want to help you and your family. If you're struggling or if you're watching somewhere and you're struggling or you know somebody that you love that's struggling, we are here to help you. There's no accident. God chose this day for us to be here. And secondly, we hope that by the power of our story, we can help you step further into a relationship with Jesus because ultimately, he is the one that frees us. But there's three things you need to understand about your secret weapon as we get started today. I just shared with you, number one, your story is your secret weapon. Number two, stories connect people. And third, stories change people. What I've learned about stories over the past 10 years of Hope is Alive, we actually celebrate our birthday this Wednesday, 10 years of ministry. Yes. Is that stories... Stories are sticky. They really are. They're they're sticky. They actually connect us. Science has shown us. They connect us on a molecular level. They connect us. They bond us. They join us together from the inside. In fact, studies at Princeton have shown that as you listen to someone's story, your brain waves will begin to synchronize with them. See, stories connect people. The study at Princeton says this, that depending on the story you're reading or watching or listening to, your palms might start to sweat. You might blink faster or your heart might flutter or skip a beat. Has this ever happened to you? That you're listening to a story, you begin to connect with it. Stories are sticky. They connect us. Science shows us also that stories can change us. The Princeton study goes on to say that listeners to stories oftentimes leave that place, they remember that story, they speak it to somebody else, and they begin to change their life. To your attitudes, your behaviors, your mindsets, they can begin to change through the power of story. If you're with me, say, I am. I am. Stories are a secret weapon. They connect us. They change us. But how many of you know that we don't need science to tell us what our Savior's already taught us? I'm going to say it again. Is somebody with me this morning? We don't need science to tell us what our Savior Jesus has already taught us. Amen. Jesus used the power of story. Oftentimes through parable. Earthly story, heavenly meaning. Jesus knew that stories changed people's life. Oftentimes, you see it throughout the gospel, on display. Jesus would be surrounded by people, and he would know that what would change them, what would connect them, would be the power of a story. So he would say, after trying to teach some things, well, it's kind of like the kingdom of heaven, or it's like this Young kid who had a rich father who went and squandered his inheritance. And he would begin to tell stories. He would take us on a journey, connecting us, moving us through these moments, teaching us, changing us from the inside out. We get a glimpse of this in Mark chapter 4. I'm reading from the message translation. I'm going to read quite a bit here, so stay with me. It says this, verse 10. When they were off by themselves, those who were close to him, along with the twelve, asked about the stories. He told them, you have been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. But to those who can't see it yet, everything comes in stories. Creating readiness. Nudging them forward towards insight. These are people whose eyes are open but don't see a thing whose ears are open but don't understand a word, who avoid making an about face and getting forgiven. Verse 13, he continues. Do you see how this story works? All my stories work this way. Then he begins to talk about the four types of seeds, right? He says this, the farmer plants the word. Some people are like the seeds that fall on the hardened soil on the road. No sooner do they hear the word than Satan snatches that away that in which it has been planted. Verse 16 says, like the second seed, some are like the seed that lands in the gravel. When they first hear the word, they respond with great enthusiasm. But there is such shallow soil of character that when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, there's nothing to show for Verse 18, it says, the seed cast in the weeds represents the ones who hear the kingdom news but are overwhelmed with worries about all the things that they have to do and the things that they want to get. And the stress strangles what they heard and nothing comes of it. But the seed planted in good earth represents those who hear the word. They embrace it. And produce a harvest beyond their wildest dreams. Which seed are you today? Jumping to verse 33, it says this With many stories like these, he, Jesus, presented his message to them, fitting the stories to their experience and maturity. He was never, Jesus was never without a story when he spoke. When he was alone with his disciples, he went over everything, sorting out the tangles, untying the knots. Through the power of story today, may God bring a great harvest in this place. Will your heart be receptive? Will your heart be good soil today to receive the seed of what Jesus wants to do in your life? To the power of story. Please help me welcome my friend, Mr. Taylor LaForge.
4: Thank you everybody for being here today. Uh, My name is Taylor LaForge. Um, I'm originally from North Carolina. I'm 31 years old. Um, I grew up with uh, a normal family at first. Uh, my mom, dad, and a couple of brothers. Childhood was normal. I played baseball. I was pretty good in school. Um, School was usually easy. I just seemed to get things kind of quick. One of the memories that stand out to me um, is when I was younger, my mom and dad got a divorce and I was spending the weekend with him and he took me up to the mailbox. He's like, son, let's go to the mailbox. And I I thought nothing of it, honestly. Like I love my dad. I love spending time with him. We get to the mailbox, and he says, point blank, "I'm not your dad." No soft wind up, just crushed my soul. Um, At that moment, my whole universe was kind of flipped upside down. I didn't know where I belonged. Like everything I had known, um, I I just didn't feel loved. Um. So my mom moved in with uh, an older lady, pro- probably 15 years older than her, um, kind of ran a tight ship, had to do chores, a um, bunch of verbal abuse, and uh, that continued on for years. Um, the first time I found um, found porn was about eight years old, and uh, I had some magazines I hid in the woods, and uh, that would just give me an escape from reality, from the regime at home. Um, and that continued on into, you know, the rest of my life. Uh, after that, um, you know, just dealing with the verbal abuse for probably the next five or six years, my mom ended up moving out and uh, with another lady. And I found crack cocaine at the age of 15. Um, I started doing it every day. Um, it became like a full-blown addiction. And that's when I first realized that I couldn't control my drug use. I liked the way it made me feel. It didn't, I didn't have to think about not being loved. I didn't have to care about people not liking me or, or accepting me for who I was. I can just get high and escape. Um, I, I didn't realize, you know, what it was doing to my life until like I had nothing. I was spending all of my money on it. I had a job at the time. Um, I couldn't pay my bills. Um, didn't wash my clothes, didn't buy clothes, didn't buy food. Um, I actually went on a trip to California one time for work, and, like, I showed up for the trip with $20 in my pocket for a week-long trip um, because of my crack cocaine addiction. It was just, it took everything from me. It took me moving back in with my mom uh, to get away from that, to break that chain. Um, But the, the, the seed of addiction had been planted and had already grown. Um, I ended up coming out here to Oklahoma City uh, about 13 years ago with my job. I was a door-to-door newspaper salesman. And uh, it went good for a while. Um, I started drinking a lot. Um, that actually led to me getting in an altercation at a bar and catching a, a, a felony case. Um, it, was, uh, it was just a fight and self-defense, but I was now a felon. Um, they put me on probation and uh, it can, it, just the cycle continued, you know, drinking, smoking a little bit of weed, and then I found meth. And uh, that was a, really a turning point in my life. I uh, ended up, you know, in and out of jail, continuing to, you know, just down that dark path, um, and it led me to prison. Um, I was 24 years old, and I was sentenced to prison for 10 years. Um, I did approximately four years in prison. Um, when I got out, I was still completely addicted. I used drugs in prison. My mom drove from North Carolina to come and pick me up. Um, and the cycle just continued. The same cycle that led me to prison um, would lead me in and out of jail over the next three years. Um, last July, I just got released, put in a drug court here in Oklahoma City. And I, just, I, I knew that I was going to have to surrender um, I will tell you guys that, from my personal experience, surrender is both the hardest and the most rewarding thing we can do for our own lives. Um, whether it's with uh, drugs or shopping or uh, pornography or you know whatever the case may be, lay it at the foot of the cross. Um, it, it, it's so freeing. So I uh, I was in drug court. I got out, I I used drugs a couple times. I mean, I'd gotten sanctioned to community service. That led me to calling a good friend of mine who now is a pastor at the Good Fight Church in Yukon. We used to work together, we used to get high together, but he's sober now and he's a wonderful man of God. So I asked him, I said, hey, can I come do community service at your church? And he said, yeah, sure. Um, And so, of course, we had that connection before, but then he invited me to just join him in chasing God and to trying to live like Jesus. Um, he is one of those guys where you see him and he walks in the room, you could feel the Holy Spirit. Um, you can see it in his actions and in his words. And it's almost like it, it, it just bleeds out of him. And that's that's something that I wanted. So I decided that I, I was ready and I fully surrendered, completely. Um, I, I, took his advice. I got baptized after him speaking with me about what that meant. Um, that, you know, of course I'm going to fall short, but as long as I try and try hard to live like Jesus and repent when I do and just pick back up where I left off, it will be okay. Um, I was in a sober house. I was doing good, but I was still struggling with women and pornography. Um, and that's, that, that, that not honoring God. So I shared with him about that. And he told me about a program called Hope is Alive. Um, specifically, it's a sober living house that's faith-based that has these programs for process addictions. Process addictions are addictions without drugs. You know, shopping, exercise, gambling, gaming, whatever. But specifically, Hope is Alive does it on codependency and sex and love addiction. And I knew that that's where I needed to be. So my, my pastor called... Um, told me to apply. I applied for a scholarship. Was given a partial scholarship so I could move in immediately. And I was just welcomed with open arms. Um, since I've been to Hope is Alive, um, I've continued sobriety. I've been able to spend weekly time with my son, my eight-year-old son. Um, it's just been really great. There's been areas of my life that, has been, that God has revealed to me um, that need to be worked on so that I can continue to further his kingdom. Um, I have a mission statement in my personal life, and it's that I wanna add value wherever I go. Um, and, I, and I pray every morning to have my actions bring glory to God. And being surrounded by the guys at HIA and my program manager that, that I live with, and he just pours into me so much, I've been able to be put in a, a position of leadership in my house, um, to be you know, a leader for, for God and for other men that come into the program. Um, and I don't, I don't have to get hiring, hired drunk anymore for people to accept me. I just have to, to allow God's love to come from Him and work through me. Um, I'm excited about my future, uh, because I'll have six months of sobriety on the 20th. I've never been sober for that long before. Um, I have uh, I've been granted the opportunity to possibly participate in a boot camp, um, to then be selected for an internship if I make it, um, to come on staff at Hope is Alive. That's what God's calling me to do. I feel that's where he's leading me, but I'm just trying to remain in his will, be where my feet are, and do the next right thing. So thank you for hosting us and for being a place for Hope is Alive to Thrive.
5: That was really good, Taylor. Thank you. I appreciated your story. Um, Good morning. My name is Sarah. Um, I am... Good morning. (laughs) I'm nervous. (laughs) Um, So I'm 40 years old. I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I grew up in a family of addicted parents. Both my parents were addicts. My dad was an alcoholic. Um, I went through a lot of trauma in my childhood. I experienced sexual abuse from my dad starting before the age of three. Um, and my household was pretty broken, pretty dysfunctional. Um, the one good thing that I did have growing up was my grandparents. Um, and I spent as much time with them as I could. Um, and they did their best to plant a seed in me, um, that is now growing 40 years later. Um, <clears throat> When I got to high school, my grandfather passed away from brain cancer, and my life kind of fell apart at that point. I started drinking and partying, and I fell in with the wrong crowd. And um, by the time I was 16, I had been pregnant and I had a baby. Um, My home life was... um, It was just sad. It was not very nurturing at all. And um, my mom and dad, they were very codependent. Um, I learned a lot of healthy habits from my parents. Um, By the time I was 19, I had been pregnant again. I had twins at this point, and I was married um, to an abusive husband. Um, And by the time I was 23, I was a full-blown alcoholic. I spent the next 12 years of my life just completely homeless, for one, bouncing around from addiction to addiction, bad relationship to bad relationship, in and out of jail. I did a year in jail twice during that time, and I had abandoned my kids. I didn't have any direction whatsoever in life. I was really lost, really broken. I lost my grandmother um, in 2010, and um, I was completely alone by that point. I didn't have anybody. Um, I moved to Oklahoma City in 2017 with the hopes of kind of starting over and finding a new life. And um, I did pretty good. Um, in 2018, I started to learn about Jesus. I lived at another sober living at City Care. Um, I had a lot of people that loved me and supported me. I earned my PRSS, I was working at the Crisis Center. Um, helping people to find their own recovery. um, And I loved it, but I suffered a work trauma. Um, I was almost shot and killed by a patient. Um, And so my sobriety um, took a downward turn and I ended up relapsing. Um, I was on methamphetamine for a year before I came into Hope is Alive. Luckily, before I relapsed, I had found a home church at Skyline with a church family that I really loved, and um, I got so far out there um, in my relapse that i didn't think I was going to make it back, but I reached out to my pastor and um, asked for help, which was probably one of the hardest things i've ever done. Um, I had a lot of shame um, behind my actions, and I just felt like i wasn't i wasn't worthy of of help! I wasn't worthy of a second chance, but um called my pastor, and he interventioned me, thank God, and we um, discussed some options, and he told me about Hope is Alive, and um, I just could feel the tug on my heart that God was telling me I need a community, and I needed to find my way back to him, and so I came to Hope is Alive um, July 18th of 2022, and... Um, yeah, it has it has radically changed my life. Um, so many things have happened since I've been here. I have worked the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Tuesday, I will have seven months of continued sobriety. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I am a phase two resident now. I am working a process addiction like Taylor said. Sex and love addiction is definitely where I have found the most healing in my entire life. Um, I'm telling you, like, the bondage that God has brought me out of is nothing less than a miracle. I have a community of people that love me, friendships that are gonna last a lifetime. These women are my family. They're not just my friends. And Hope is Alive has given me the confidence to believe in myself and know that I have truth in God's Word and to step into that. Um, I've got my driver's license back, and in January, I started college to pursue my degree in biblical studies. Um, yeah, I've had uh, family restoration with one of my three daughters, and um, life is good, man. Like, just so many good things because I'm walking with God, and um, that's the biggest, most rewarding part of this program is that not only am I getting radical life change and learning how to live life on life's terms— I am living this life with God and walking hand in hand with Him as we go throughout our day. And it's nothing short of amazing. Um, and so yeah, life is good. I have had some crazy um, some crazy trauma that brought me here, but it was all worth it um, because I get to talk about how God walked me through each and every situation. and I can stand here today and say that I definitely have hope.
3: These stories are sticky, and they connect people, and they change people. The transparency and vulnerability that you just saw, we should all have as the body of Christ, because we've all fallen short of the glory of God. I remember very clearly the first time that I really realized that I was addicted. I was on a business trip and I woke up in a hotel outside of Denver, Colorado. It was freezing cold, it was the winter time. But I woke up in a pool of sweat. I was burning up. I could tell instantly that something wasn't right. My body was shaking. I was in a pool of my own sweat. My head was pounding. I barely even knew where I was and I was able to roll out of my bed and I hit the ground with a thud and literally had to crawl into the bathroom. As I pulled myself up over the sink and turned on the light and caught my eyes in the mirror, something hit me. Heavy. Truth. Reality. I was addicted. And what my body was going through it was a series of withdrawals. You see, up to that point, I had to begin dabbling with prescription pain pills, taking whatever I could get my hands on, probably five or six a day at the time. Really didn't realize where I was. Come on, friends, right? Thought I was just having fun. Thought I was just kind of escaping. Why didn't everybody do this? Made me better as an employee, I thought. Got more work done. Those are called lies from the enemy. And I woke up in this hotel room and I realized I was hooked. My body was craving that medication. It had been two or three days since I had had any. I didn't realize what was going on, but I was hooked. I wonder if I'm speaking to somebody this morning. Maybe not about chemical or prescription, drug addiction, been not about alcoholism, but maybe just about the sin of your life. The sin of my life. Judgment. Comparison. What's got you stuck? In that hotel room, I came face to face with a decision. That night, I had the opportunity. God had woken me up. I could have taken a step towards freedom and just, like these two, asked for some help. Or I could have continued to go down the road of destruction. And unfortunately, this is the road that I went down. And as we choose that path, whether we like it or not, whether we know it or not, the enemy begins to put temptations in front of us. So for a handful of pills every other day or so, three years later, I was a full-blown prescription pill addict. A product of this opiate epidemic. Fifty pills a day. My life in complete bondage. Can I get a head nod for my brothers and sisters? I knew nothing else but a purposeful pursuit to get high every day. I didn't care who I hurt. It was a tornado of destruction behind me. All I wanted was your money or in your bathroom to steal your pills. And it was in this place of darkness where every relationship was damaged, destroyed, broken, where I had no opportunity to ever even dream or hope of a future. My relationship with God was dead and stuck. It was in that place where he met me. You see, there's no place you can go or the light of our Father cannot reach you. It says it here in Psalms. Let's read it and look at it together. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise in the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, even there, you will be with me. Your right hand will hold me fast. He closes this passage by saying this. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. I came to tell somebody in this room today that there is no place of darkness where the light of our Father cannot reach you. There is no place. And let me say it another way. There is no place of darkness where the light of our Father cannot rescue your Son. Cannot pull your daughter out of the grips of bondage. Cannot set your spouse free. Cannot restore your marriage. Cannot make a way when there seems to be no way. What you've already experienced today is two living, breathing miracles. Make it three. Walking, talking miracles. If there's anything that I think Hope is Alive does, God has allowed us and used us to help remind people that Jesus is alive and that he's still in the miracle working business. He's living and breathing right here. And today, through the power of our stories, we hope that we've helped you connect closer to Jesus. But on top of that, I hope that we've inspired you to know that you have a story to tell that you have a secret weapon to share that what you've been through your pains and your experiences your stories your past the seasons of your life they're powerful they're captivating god's been with you every step of the way and you might be like me where you compare your story to another person said like, man I've never gone through that i've never experienced that kind of pain This would happen to me early on in my sobriety. I would say, well, I never put a needle in my arm. I never spent any time behind bars. But that's a lie of the enemy. You see, I was lost. I was bound. But God set me free. He gave me a new life. He put my foot on the rock. He steadied me as I was wavering. He put a new song in my mouth. And it's not for me to compare. It's for me to sing. So sing your song, tell your story, get out of shame, step into his glory. Tell your story, engage your secret weapon, and God will do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine. Started this ministry almost 10 years ago this week, like I said. Me and five guys. We've got that one. And look at this picture of where we are today that was taken here in this church. You see, God loves to use broken, jacked up, Messy, dirty people to tell his wonderful, glorious story of redemption. But it's up to you to engage it. So it's my hope and my prayer that God would literally put opportunities in front of you this week to engage your story. To put your secret weapon into play. Maybe it's with a co-worker who sits beside you every single day. You walk in there tomorrow ready to tell your story. Maybe it's with that spouse who sits beside you every single day, sleeps beside you every single night. But there's a secret weapon inside of you that you still haven't engaged. Or a neighbor, or a family member, or someone in school. God has given you a story to tell. And it's a secret weapon. Because it connects us. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, it changes us. So, bow your heads with me this morning as we close, and the worship team can come and make their way to the stage. We're going to close with a song, but I also want to close with an invitation. See, for many of us in this room, we know that God has given us a story a secret weapon, how he's changed us, how he's renewed us, how he's restored us, how he's set us free. But we've been waiting for this opportunity, this push, this moment to begin to engage it. And if that's you today, I'm gonna give you an opportunity just to make your way down to the front, to take a knee, to tell God I'm ready, to talk to a pastor Just to take a step of obedience. Just to say, God, I hear you, and my answer is yes. Listen, friends, 10 years ago, I had no idea what God would do. All I knew is my answer to whatever he was asking me had to say yes. You don't have to have step 100 figured out. But today, step one is just to say, yes, God, I'm ready. I want to be used. Put me on the next mission trip. Get me in the next Bible study. I want to tell my story. Open up an opportunity this week for me. I want to engage this secret weapon. And then there's others of you who today is your day one. You need to encounter, and Taylor said, surrender to Jesus And maybe this message has been convicting to you in one way or another, or you connect with one of these stories, but you're not sure how to get free. Friends, we came to tell you that Jesus is freedom. And Jesus came to this earth, lived a perfect life, a sinless life, and he died in your place so that everything in your past all that you've been carrying could be wiped away, could be taken off your back so that you might live free on this earth and free with him for eternity. So as we sing this last song, we want to give you an opportunity to say yes to the calling on your life and to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. So God, we lift you up today. We say thank you For the Holy Spirit, thank you for the opportunity to experience freedom through your Son, Jesus. May you move in this place like only you can. Stir our hearts. Convict our spirits. In your Son's
2: name we pray. Amen.